I'm going to do four mic drops that Jesus did because the more I read Jesus in the Gospels, the more I realize if I just look at what he said and did, I'm in awe of him. And one of the greatest mic drops that he did was he appeared to women first. And at that period of time, in a court of law, no woman was allowed to testify because the court would not recognize a woman's testimony. And yet the king of the universe said, the first people that will see me risen will be women. Because before the court and king of the universe, there is no partiality between male and female. So the women come running back. We have seen the Lord. We know in scriptures that James and John had a, had a uh, contest of sprinting. And we know that John was faster than Peter because Peter got there second. And they went into the tomb and he's not there. Now, when Peter went into the tomb and he's not there, do you imagine what was going through his brain? He arose just like he said, I am in really big trouble. Because he was who I said he was, the son of God. Resurrection morning, I don't think, was a good morning for Peter. I, yes, he was happy Jesus was alive, but do you understand there's unfinished business between Peter and the Lord. And does Peter know this? If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. It'd be very easy to read that verse and come to the conclusion, well, that's it. No salvation for me. I lost it. I messed up. I think that's what Peter was saying. And I'll... And I'll I think from Scripture it becomes very clear, common sense, what he's doing. Peter, and by the way, Jesus appeared to them two more times. One of them was to Thomas to say, doubting Thomas, I'm here, but you, you know. But Peter, did, we, we do not have a record that Jesus spoke to Peter. So if you're Peter, you're like, he's here, but he... The elephant is still in the room. Do, do you understand that Peter must have walked away going, does he still love me? And then we come to the scene. They're fishing on the Sea of Galilee. If you're Peter, or you're anybody who his entire life was upended by the call of Jesus. Go, become fishers of men. Jesus has said to him, upon, Peter, upon, you know, you're the first. Changed his name to the rock. And all of this. Peter must have concluded, I'm done, I'm washed up, I messed up. I, there's only one thing I know to do with my life, and that's to go back fishing. Because it's what I knew. So he goes back to the Sea of Galilee, and what do they do? They go fishing. Wouldn't we all go back to what we were comfortable with 
if something didn't work out. So Peter goes back, and then they're fishing on the boat, and, and Jesus does his thing, and Peter goes, oh my gosh, that's the Lord, and, and, and this and that, and he so desperately, you can tell Peter wants to, to just be with the Lord just because of his actions when he hears it's the Lord. And then we pick up the verse in John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, so they had a breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? More than these. I believe the more than these are the fish. Because you need to understand, to a fisherman, fish represents security, a way of life. It's what he does. And look, when you get men together, typically they're going to do small talk. And usually the small talk goes along. The weather may come up. Sports may come up. And then it's eventually going to turn to, what do you do? And what do you do for a living? And then we'll start doing our, what do we do for a living? A lot of times when women do that, they go to, let me tell you about my family. As a a teacher, you know, see, I'm a school teacher. I love to do this from time to time. This is hilarious. Somebody comes up to me and says, what do you do? I'm a brain surgeon. (laughs) Dressed like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you thought I was one of those brain surgeons that operate on people when they have problems with their physical brain. No, I operate on 150 brains every morning when they're young and healthy. I'm a brain surgeon. Now pay me better. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. I ain't paid very well. But, but, do you, but men do that. When, and I'm not saying women don't do that either, but part of the issue is just we're, we're wired that way sometimes. And, and for men, a lot of times the problem becomes our identity becomes what we do. And we become workaholics. I'm not always, it's a general statement, but, but men do that. So Peter is back with what he knows, fish. Now, I've been to the Sea of Galilee. Those are some ugly looking fish that they caught. I'll tell you that right now. They, they, we had a, in Israel, we got a plate full of fish to eat the same fish they caught. That thing had its head on it. Its eyes were looking at me. I do not like my food looking at me when I'm about ready to eat it. That's just a personal preference. I don't. And so I looked at the fish and I didn't eat it. I ate a lot of bread that and hummus. I just, this thing's looking at me like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> not too good. I'm laying here. You know, I, it just... So Peter goes back. You've got to understand what else is he going to do? And Jesus says, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And you know Peter's heart. You've got to understand, 
Peter has probably been going around. And yes, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I think it's pretty thing that Peter wanted to talk about what happened. Wouldn't you? The elephant in the room. And Jesus says, Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter goes, more than this, and Peter goes, Lord, I've been waiting for you to ask that. You know I love you. And I, I imagine Peter's got tears in his eyes. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And Peter may have done this. Did I hear you right? Does that mean you're not done with me? And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you what? Do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my lambs. Notice here Jesus is saying, not tend your lambs, but tend what? My lambs. Feed my sheep. I am the great shepherd, and I am restoring you to be one of my shepherds. You're not going to fish anymore, Peter. Let's just cut to the chase. Make sure that you get me. He said it a third time. One for each of the denials. He said to Simon a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Why was he grieved? Because what's on the top of Peter's mind? His three what? Denials. And by the way, Peter committed the three denials after he had seen Jesus perform miracles and miracles and miracles and raise Lazarus from the dead. He spent three years with him. He knew. It was the sin after he knew who Jesus was that he just goes, what do I do with this? You love me. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. First of all, that's a statement that Jesus is God. Lord, you know what? All things. He knows he is talking to his creator. He knows he denied his what three times? His creator. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, my little ones. Tend them, guard them, protect them as a good shepherd and feed my sheep. Jesus restored Peter in the context of Peter wanting to go back to his former life. To make the point to Peter, I called you out of this. My call 
is still true. You are forgiven. My grace, if a person repents, even if you deny me, my grace will cover that. Now go proclaim me. Now, why would all of this happen? Well, let's jump through a couple of things. When you read the book of 1 Peter, what you've got to understand is Peter, you start with Peter and you understand he's a gnarly dude. Grows, comes to knowledge, proclaims, major failure. Notice what Peter didn't do. He didn't run. He's still hanging around the disciples. He still wants to be. He's got hope. Does that make sense? He's, he's not. If, if Peter had completely lost all hope, he would have done what Judas did. But he's still looking around. He's still part of the, he's still part of the 11. He's still hoping. And you better know he's prayed to God to forgive him. Peter failed. That's true. And it was not a small failure. To deny someone in their hour of need is not a good thing. He was more scared of a teenage girl than he was proclaiming his Lord. He failed. But notice what the Lord did. The Lord restored him in Peter's context at the right place in the right moment. Peter was already forgiven. He was already restored in, the, in, in Christ's mind, but Jesus waited until Peter was there looking at those fish and his boats and his nets and says, do you love me more than these? And when Peter goes from there and then is filled with the Spirit of God, it's Peter that preaches the first sermon. And thousands come to the Lord. Why would God, and, I, and I've asked this question, Lord, why didn't you stop me when I was a young believer from doing some really dumb things or as I got older? One, he's going to honor our choices. But the other thing, too, is as we know the grace of God, I do think that helps us with humility. God's not done with us. You sitting here are not done. I don't care what you've done. Do business with the Lord and get on with it. God is not a judge of partiality. He's impartial. He does not place Peter up here and you down here. He treats all his children the same. You are not being pushed by your past, but you are being pulled by your future. Friday night, this came to my, my mind, and I, you know, I, and I'm not that smart, so I'm really, I was like, I've never looked at it this way. I'm, I'm done saying how old I am. I'm going to start seeing how young I am because I'm going to live forever. I'm 52 years young. I'm 
Now that's a different perspective. We're all in these sinful bodies. We all have not followed the Lord perfectly. Or maybe you have and you should be up here. But I will tell you this. The Lord is not concerned about your past. He's concerned about what you're becoming to his great glory. Do not wallow in your past failures. That's the accuser's work. Accept his grace. Admit what you did. Accept his grace and move on. Because I, I have news for you. We all are ambassadors on a divine mission to help our fellow creatures understand that there is a king of kings and a lord of lords. And we are completely and totally pardoned. And he loves restoration. Now, when you read the book of First Peter... Read 1 Peter and say, wow, the Lord did this through him? And I know where he's, what, he, what he came from and what he did. And you just go, man, this, this Jesus is really powerful. The Holy Spirit, wow. The other thing too is, the Lord does not call perfect people. He perfects those he calls. We're all going to make, we're all going to sin. We're all going to do those things. I'm not saying big ones or this or that. All I'm saying is, is it doesn't dis dismiss you know, what Peter did, Peter would say, if I could do it over again, I would do it over again. It doesn't downplay that, but, it, but let's not downplay the Lord's grace either. And Jesus, I'll tell you something about, about our Lord. He is not far off from us. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. You get on your knees and you pray and you're just honest with yourself and honest with him. I'll tell you what, that's a prayer that he's heard. And in the right time, he'll do it. Whatever you need to be done. Not necessarily what you want, but what you what? Need. Because love gives what is needed, not always what is wanted. Because sometimes what is wanted is not what's needed. We have a God who walks with us. You ready? In the Old Testament, do you think all those Old Testament saints would love to be us? See, they would go to the temple of God. We are the temple of God. He's in each of us. We are not being pushed by our past, but we're being pulled by our future. None of us are old in this room. I'm so glad I could tell you that. 
We are all what? We are all young. The Lord loves us. And you know what the Lord loves? He loves us so much. You know what he loves? He loves redeeming. He loves it. He loves watching clay vessels turn into works of art. Look. We know that Satan's up there accusing the brethren, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father defending us. So you know what Jesus is doing? That's my, yeah, right there. Father, watch this. Yeah, see, they're growing. Yeah, we're going to have to discipline that one, but remember, God can see the future. God knows everything. Doesn't You know what I mean? I look forward to the day when we're all in the kingdom. And I pray that we're all there. You must accept Christ. But we're all in the kingdom and we see each other as we will be. And we will look at each other and smile. Do you remember when we were at Acts Church together in the Shadowlands? When the war in Israel was going on in 2023? No, the 2020s. Do you remember that? Yeah. Look where we are now. All praise to the Lord. You're not defined. Don't let your failures define you. Confess them honestly. I'm not downplaying. I hope you guys understand that. But if the enemy can get you to define by your failures, I don't care if, if, you're, if you're in your 60s or 50s and you're like, gosh, what I did in my 20s, I, I, I've let that define my life. Can I give you a wee bit of a suggestion? Stop it. Stop it. The, the old Bob Newhart. You guys remember the, anybody remember the Bob Newhart scene? Yes, I do know who Bob Newhart is. And he comes in, and for like five cents, or five, that was Lucy, but for five dollars, he'll counsel you. And a person comes in, oh, I've got all this. And, and Bob Newhart goes, goes, I've got something to say. And, and the lady goes, should I write it down? Should I get my pen? No, no, you'll remember it. It's real easy. You know, don't worry, you'll get it. Trust me. We're almost done. How can we be almost done? I just got here. We're almost done. Stop it. I'm about five minutes early, but you know what we're going to do here? We're just going to go into communion.